Give It A Look, the podcast bringing back a personal pop culture recommendation with Ren and Roger. Santa baby, hurry down the chimney tonight, but baby, it's cold outside. Hello, everyone. This is Give It A Look podcast. My name is Roger, and I am here with my co-host, Rin. Hey, Rin, our first ever summer of cinema is in full swing. What are you looking forward to with Boxing Day releases just around the corner? Um, I'm actually just looking forward to going to a cinema, to be honest. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that likes to go by myself. Some people think it's weird, but I'm like, nah, man. I can buy popcorn and eat my choc top and no one's there to judge me. But no, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm still waiting to um, find time to go and see the new Bond movie. So that's kind of what I'm keen to see. Um, but what about you? What are you looking forward to this summer? Yeah, there's a few things. Let's talk about the Bond movie, though, because yeah. I recently went and saw No Time to Die to kick off my summer of cinema. I will say in broad strokes, a good film. Give it a look if you're a fan of Bond. Not enough Anna de Armas for me. Also, I'm tiring a little bit of like really big franchises and properties. I think I'm really craving novelty mm. uh, in the filmscape and there's just not a lot around at the moment. I think we discussed this a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, we did. You know, we, we kind of want um, smaller budget films that blow up more so. Yeah, look, it still happens. It's just far more Ooh. rare and that kind of mid-budget thing doesn't happen. Anyway, Summer of Cinema is going to be running all summer long, December, January, February here in Australia. So please let us know in our socials what is worth going to see and what is worth giving a miss. We've got there, people. It's our 2021 Christmas wrap-up. And uh, we've got a lot to unwrap today. We've got two brand new uh, films that we're going to look at. Uh, we're also going to go over our naughty and nice lists for this year. So stay tuned to see what that's about. We're going to start with my recommendation to you, Rin, which was Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Now, this is a Finnish film that is mostly in Finnish. Some of it is in English. Somewhat of a horror comedy. So um, it starts off at like an archaeological dig site at the top of um, a Finnish mountain and there's a man there who looks suspiciously like Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm going to assume that was deliberate. Yes, he does. <laughs> and he comes to the revelation that the dig crew there have uh, stumbled upon a, a burial mound of uh, Santa Claus and he immediately hands the crew this um, safety instruction saying things like, don't swear, don't smoke, mm. and don't do all these kind of naughty things or this Santa will get you. And everyone's a little bit confused. Uh, but maybe this uh, Santa is not the uh, the nice Santa that you're used to. Meanwhile, we're introduced to uh, Pitari, who is a small boy who kind of oversees this dig site. And he lives with his father, Rauno, and a bunch of men down the mountain, uh, and they hunt elk and deer, I believe. It's a little bit of a weird setup because this kid seems to just know in his gut that what they're digging for is this evil Santa and he's reading all this literature about how bad this Santa is and how he's going to torture everyone. And so he starts kind of preparing himself. He's making his own weapons and armor and getting all kind of home alone up with it. As time goes on, some eerie stuff starts happening around the mountain, like all the elk are slaughtered and children are disappearing and replaced by these kind of straw dolls and it's definitely riffing on John Carpenter's The Thing a little bit. Bit of a, a goofy vibe to this. It's certainly not a uh, laugh out loud, what we do in the shadows kind of romp. 
But there's some effective chilling scenes and and a little bit of a, a chuckle to be had here or there. So we won't get too far into spoilers just yet, but what were your initial thoughts on this film, Rin? So this was done in like 2010, right? These kids, they're rocking the mullets again. That was my first thought. Like <laughs> They've kind of like recently made a comeback again. Um, my other thought was, yeah, the, the Scrooge part as well. That was another <laughs> thought I had. This movie isn't for vegetarians. For the sake of the podcast, I'm just going to call the young boy Pete. Like his dad is um, like a reindeer slaughterer, like has his own abattoir as such. And you kind of see that and I'm like, oh, oh yes, no, I don't need to see that. So, you know, be wary if you are watching that. But yeah, definitely an interesting watch. I've never seen anything like this. It just gets a bit more, I guess, wild (laughs) the more you kind of watch it. A lot of old man wang at one point as well, Um, (laughs) which, you know, you're not exactly expecting in a Christmas film by any means. So that was definitely a surprise. I think in Europe they they have less shame about this kind of stuff than we do. Yeah. I mean, look, it's fine. I just was not expecting it. (laughs) You know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's happening. But yeah, it was interesting, I guess, a a concept about evil Santa, I suppose, as well. The young boy as well, he kind of, um, yeah, like you were saying before, his senses kind of pricked up like animals when there's danger. He's kind of like preparing. Obviously, he was like the main character, like the protagonist, because his clothing was a lot more vibrant than everyone else's. I don't know if you noticed that. So this was written and directed by uh, Yalmari Halanda, And it was actually based on two short films that he made called Rare Exports, and you can find them on YouTube to watch for free. And so this was kind of the culmination of those things. I think there are some some interesting, yeah, leaps of logic that the kid kind of makes, Mm. uh, Pitari, as in he just seems to instinctively know what's going on and is trying to make the parents understand that they need to get ready for this evil Santa, but they, they push him to the side. What did you think of the actual performance of the evil Santa once they dug him up? Because I thought it was a fantastically creepy, naked old man. <laughs> that thousand yard stare was fantastic. I mean, they're all kind of creepy, really, weren't they? And naked. <laughs> there was one scene that really baffled me. I don't know, maybe this is just the realistic side of me, but one of the men, he had his ear bitten off and no one did anything about it. He was like just holding it like, oh, my ear's been bitten off, but no one was like, oh, let's go to the hospital. Oh, are you okay? They were just like, oh, yeah. Just put some Windex on it. Yeah. (laughs) This was a weird Christmas film. (laughs) It was. To be honest, I struggled to find a Christmas film to recommend to you and I hadn't seen this film before I recommended it. (laughs) So I kind of jumped in there with you Mm. and, um, yeah, it turned out to be definitely a curiosity. I found myself enjoying it more towards the end. Uh, There's a few twists in there and and Mm. you get to see these kind of evil elves that come out. Things kind of bump up a notch. Now, the budget and the CGI can't always support exactly what the last act is trying to do, but there's still some uh, satisfying harebrained schemes that are kind of hatched to beat this uh, this Santa Claus, would you say? What, like explosives? <laughs> yeah, there's some of those, some of those. There's some interesting imagery. If you wanted to see a room full of sacks of children writhing around, then you're in for a treat. It became so far-fetched, like all these children in sacks getting dragged around by a helicopter and, you know, the young boy taking a ride. <laughs> and I was like, mate, no, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and also the whole time I was watching the film, I'm like, aren't they cold? They must be so cold. But obviously, I mean, you'd be used to the, the weather, I suppose, but I'm just like, oh, too cold for me. 
<laughs> uh, we might put this down to uh, a unique curiosity. There's some soulful scenes in here as well. So uh, the actors playing Pitari and Rauno, father and son, are actually father and son in real life. And there's uh, a very short scene where Rauno has made some gingerbread men and he kind of mentions off the cuff that, you know, mum would be proud or something as if to say that that mum has passed away mm. or left. He's kind of eating these biscuits and having a little bit of a cry at the same time. Yeah, there's a little bit of that uh, European melodrama in here as well. But yeah, I think it's definitely tongue firmly planted in cheek. It's quite short as well, less than 90 minutes and has a bit of a charming uh, ending as well. Echoes of Raiders of the Lost Ark. What did you think of the ending? I mean, I don't want to give away spoilers. Uh, when people watch it, I think the concept behind it is quite comical. Yeah, and it's quite subtle in its comedy, but you get some gore there and you get a pretty unique harebrained uh, thing here. I feel like Hollywood might be able to make a better remake of this at some point. Mm. I think Krampus is probably the closest that comes to it. We'll see what they cook up. Like the concept behind it is quite uh, entrepreneurial, really, isn't it? So give it a look or give it a miss, Rin. If you're curious about potential evil Santas, then give it a look. That's what I'm going to say. Don't fence it. Is it give it a look or give it a miss? Uh, I'll say I'll say give it a look. I'll give it a look. Whoa, there we go. It's going on the nice list. Only, only if you're okay with seeing old man penis. <laughs> Quite a bit of it. Just got to warn the people. I'm sure they were paid handsomely for that because they were running around in the cold as well. And where can people see Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, if they'd like to give it a look? Uh, they can watch it on SBS uh, Demand in Australia. Yeah, which you don't even need a paid subscription for. So there you go. A bit of free Christmas cheer for you. Cool. So before we get into your recommendation to me, we have been reflecting on the year a little bit and we've put together a naughty and nice list for the year. So we were looking back on all the recommendations that we've made to each other and we've picked three to go on our nice list that are our favorites from the year and one that is going to go on the naughty list and is going to get a lump of coal for Christmas forevermore. Rin, in no particular order, why don't you take me through your nice list first? So these were my top three. I really enjoyed uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, I really enjoyed Game Night and I re really enjoyed Hamilton. The movie that is going to get the lump of coal is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> the, the Christmas movie that came too early. Yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> <laughs> which is not a Christmas film. You heard it here first, people. What about you, Roger? What's yours? So I, uh, my nice list will be uh, When Harry Met Sally, mm -hmm. a really great classic take on the, the rom-com uh, genre. Uh, I'm going to say Working Class Boy, uh, the Jimmy Barnes documentary as well. I just thought it was really well put together and a really well-told story. Uh, I'm going to put Carol King's uh, album Tapestry as well. Seeing all these songs that I was kind of familiar with, seeing them by their original artist and a classic for a reason, I suppose. My naughty list forevermore is going to be Twilight. <laughs> the hot garbage. <laughs> The hot garbage, the original hot garbage, your very first, your very first troll pick for me was enlightening in a way because I got to see, got to see what all the fuss was about, but um, it ain't about much, people. <laughs> but it's fine. Maybe next year we'll get on to watching the third one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I can see it on the horizon. 
And if you want to hear us discuss in depth any of these nice list films or items or naughty list items, uh, you can review our whole back catalogue on your fra- uh, favourite streaming service. On that note as well, I'm going to give your your recommendations in total a pass for this year because I liked hey. more than half of them. It's definitely expanded my horizons and I, I hope my recommendations to you expanded yours. Good. It's good because like sometimes you wouldn't think to listen to these or watch these things and then you really enjoy them. So I would never have thought to watch um, probably Ryan the Last Dragon, to be honest. I love Disney, but it's just one of those things I would have gone, oh, yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll watch it, but... You know, kind of being prompted to watch it. I actually really enjoyed it. Did you want to talk about Christmas movies? Yes, I do. I love Christmas movies. I don't know. Like whenever I watch Christmas movies, I get warm fuzzies and it makes me feel good. And, you know, I'll be in bed or I'll have my crochet or a cup of tea or something. And I just, it makes me all cozy. It's like a big warm hug. Some of my favorite films, like I love Love Actually, classic Christmas movie. I also love uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which you do a very good, uh, you know, young Jimmy Stewart uh, Just a minute, Mr. Mr. Potter, Mr. Potter. <laughs> yes, beautiful. So well done. Um, and you know, there's also um, you know, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen in it as well. I love that film. That's just one of my favorites, and I probably watch it like every year, like these three films. Um, but what about you, Roger? What do you kind of like to watch at Christmas? I don't make a, a big deal of of watching something consistently at Christmas, but I do love It's a Wonderful Life. Really, any mm. time of of year, I just think it's a beautiful story and a great American classic. As as we know, I do like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but this will be the last mention of that because I can see your, your uh, Jimmy's are getting wrestled about it. Your Jimmy Stewart's are getting wrestled about it. Uh, I mean, you know, Die Hard's cool as a Christmas film as well. But again, I don't make a big event at Christmas time of sitting down and watching it. Really the same with, with Halloween. I don't really have that yeah, connection. I think for me, like, you know, whenever I make, you know, put the Christmas tree up and, um, you know, I'll watch a movie or I'll listen to tunes and things like that. What I am a fan of, though, I should mention is Christmas episodes. The Christmas episodes of Community, which is one of my favorite shows, as far as I remember, are uniformly very good. You know what is a great Christmas episode? Season one, episode one of The Simpsons. There you go. Did they start with a Christmas episode? Mm-hmm. Yep. No way. Yep. Oh. Yep, and that's um, how they got Santa's little helper because they went to uh, the the dog tracks. <laughs> this would have been back when Homer's voice was like this. Oh my! Yeah, it was a bit like that. Like let's go out for some frosty milkshakes. Like <laughs> <laughs> it took a while for Dan to kind of settle into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That first season, I think it was only 10 episodes or something. But yeah, so they started it off on a Christmas note, and it was funny. Um, must have been maybe last Christmas or Christmas before. I was like, oh, Christmas episode. So I watched it and then I ended up watching 30 seasons. Don't tell anybody. I watched 30 seasons of The Simpsons. <laughs> well, you've just told everyone who listens to this. So there you go. I know. I have no life. Uh, but lockdown. So. <laughs> well, let's keep the conversation going, people. We would love to hear about what your favorite Christmas films are or your favorite Christmas pop culture traditions are. Please reach out to us on socials. All right, Rin, hit me with your best shot. What is your final film recommendation for me for the year? I gave you the uh, 2020 rom-com Holidate. Now, this stars uh, Emma Roberts as Sloane. She's just a, you know, a, like late 20s young lady who seems to always be going to family 
gatherings, like, you know, for the holidays uh, alone. And her, she just has all this judgment from her family, just being like, why, why don't you have someone? Why don't you call this person? Blah, blah, blah. While all her other family members are coupled up. And she's at the mall returning a gift that her sister gave her. She, um, you know, bumps into someone else who is just as cynical as her and they, uh, who is played by Luke Bracey and he plays the character Jackson and they just kind of create this idea that they'll be each other's holidays. So each time a, you know, a holiday comes up, they'll be each other's dates. So, you know, they go to, oh, you know, New Year's and Valentine's and, you know, St. Patrick's Day and Thanksgiving, all those kind of things. Like, so they don't get that judgment from other people, you know, and they don't have expectations of each other. They don't talk outside of that. They're purely just dates for the holidays. <laughs> I really like Netflix Christmas films. I'm a big fan. Like they're usually like kind of like a bit gushy, but this one's very comical. I think it's got a bit of heart to it. Um, you know, there's always a bit of a moral at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I find this quite a, f- a funny film. But yes, please, what are your <laughs> opening thoughts? <laughs> oh, <laughs> big dear, Rin. Oh, dear. We're not going to agree on this at all. <laughs> Rin, this is such a basic bitch of a movie. I am a basic bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. Wow. This interestingly flirts with so bad it's good territory, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't quite get there. I think like a lot of Netflix content, it seems spat out by an algorithm machine and it seems designed to be something that you can comfortably have on the background while you're doing other stuff and mm. you can kind of look up and be like, oh, yeah, I know what's happening. By the way, I'm all about Sloane as a girl's yeah. name. That's one of my favorites. So I so, love it. How yeah. good is it? It is good. It's, it reminds mm. me of the great Adelaide Crows player Rory Sloane. Maybe that's why. Anyway. <laughs> Premieres 2017. Suck it. Yeah, very cynical film and uh, quite a bit raunchier than I expected. I watched it with a girlfriend and we were like, oh, damn, like, <laughs> it's getting a bit hot. <laughs> if that's not your thing, you know, or you want something to watch with your family, this probably ain't it. Yes, because um, Old Man Wang is, anyway, continue. <laughs> we're a family podcast, damn it. <laughs> Everyone who's involved in this film can do better. I think Emma Roberts has a lot of appeal, but she's never really had that breakthrough role that's really taken her to an A-lister. I, I agree with you. I think she's always very typecast. She's always kind of playing the same character in a lot of her films that she's been in, like Wild Child, in Scream Queens, in American Horror Story. She plays very similar characters, like very kind of hard, uh, hard person as such. I'm thinking of like Emma Stone doing Easy A, you know, like a real like, whoa, what a talent kind of thing. This film loves to kiss the ass of Crazy Stupid Love, by the way, also starring Emma Stone, uh, which is a far superior film. Goodness me, you should put this one away and, and maybe just fire that one up. Kristen Chenoweth, oh, our dear Kristen. You don't need to be doing films like this, girl. Come on. Like, what what are you doing here? Nothing in here is going to surprise you. It hits all the beats. Mm. And that's fine. I understand that there's there's a comfort in that. I think it's like that formula, right? That Netflix yes. formula to make a good Christmas cheesy film um, with a bit more edge, maybe a bit more scandal. Yeah. What I will say is that the central conceit of, a, of um, Sloane getting a holiday to When you really think about it, the relationship doesn't really, or the arrangement doesn't really make sense. So she wants a holiday so she can have someone on her arm, but they're not 
dating and they're not sleeping together. It's just a token person so that people will get off her back. But she's not keeping it a secret. No, exactly. And her parents are still, her mum's like, are you dating? Are you not? What's happening? Yeah, everyone's in on it. Like (laughs) her and Jackson, everyone's in on it. So it's not a secret. People know Mm -hmm. that they're just doing this. And Jackson, meanwhile, he's not looking for a holiday. He's just saying that, oh, you know, all these women that I've started seeing, you know, they go crazy on the holidays and I just mm, wish. I think you're being a serious, like you want a serious relationship when you spend holidays together, right? Like yeah, that's- and he's saying, oh, I just want to be around people who are chill. So he's kind of just like, oh, I just want a mate as he starts to catch fields. It kind of leads to Sloan just like treating Jackson really, really badly. Like she's a yeah. real piece of work in this. <laughs> when you really think about the dynamics of the relationship, they're both after really different things. I just feel like they liked the title, Holiday, and they didn't really think through how it would work. Went with the funny title and then tried mm. to build a film around it. <laughs> Vine star King Batch also <laughs> turns up you know you're in quality town when king batch turns up and he doesn't even say what the dog doing so that's not fun jessica capshaw who plays her sister abby he is my Grey's anatomy uh, little shout out as i as i like to point out she plays dr arizona <laughs> robbins who was the chief of pediatric surgery all right there you go that's arizona my Grey's anatomy robbins. get out of here that's amazing yeah name. what a great name oh, she was a great <laughs> character i miss her come back to Grey's. <laughs> They have the audacity to say bye, Felicia, at one point, again, referencing a far superior film. But I love that she's like, they're like, bye, Felicia. She's like, it's Felicity. (laughs) We mentioned some of the raunchiness. Some of the jokes in here as well, not even on a raunchy level, are really off color. Um, Sloane's mother says to her when she knows that Jackson and her are just a holiday, she goes, oh, you don't need another friend right now. Like, you need a husband, right? Uh, Someone who's going to who's going to stand by you when you get cancer because let's face it, you have bad genes. Yeah. It was a bit in poor taste. Where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah. I have friends who have recently gone through cancer and like, I'm not, Mm. I'm not trying to be or whatever. I'm just saying the joke fundamentally Mm. didn't work and it gets referenced again in the romantic climax and I'm like, nah, still doesn't work for me. This this is not endearing. No, that's a bit, yeah, it's a bit done in poor taste. Like it's it's a, a joke that probably it doesn't need to be in there. They could have they could have put something else in there. I agree. A couple of other things. Uh, Sloane's brother looks distractingly like Ethan Hawke. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but he does. <laughs> Ethan made himself a little clone and put him in. There's the running joke where his um like fiance just doesn't know anything about him. They're like, "Did you know he plays golf?" And everyone else is like, "Yes." I'm like, "Bitch, where have you been? How did you not know he plays golf? You've known oh, him for six months." <laughs> there's so many manufactured inconsequential subplots here, like his fiance being this super innocent type, and so they mm. they you know make a smoke weed when they go away for yeah. the Fourth of July, and then Sloan also doesn't have a car license and so she's like driving across the road I'm like what are we doing here like where did all this come from and the actual climax of the film is probably where it comes the closest to so bad it's good territory because all these dramatic situations start happening at the same time and I'm there like rolling I'm rolling and to be honest I was having a pretty good time like I wish it committed to more of that I wish it was a bit more self-aware one of the last things I'll say is let's talk about Luke Bracy a bit. 
I find very little to get excited about this guy's an Aussie export. I think he seems mm-hmm. to be from the the Australian actor school of interchangeable white guys, along with Jai Courtney. Do you remember when Jai Courtney was in like everything for about five years? Yeah, he was a thing for a while. I mean, you need to be more than just handsome, I think. I enjoyed him in this film. He's very nice to look at. And I'm the prime demographic, I, I believe, you know, so it works, right? <laughs> Fair enough. And like I said, I find Emma Roberts really appealing, but there's not much for them to do here. You know what I mean? I think also, like, Hollywood really loves to employ Australian actors because they love that larrikin. They think it sells well as well. Um, and we've seen that in a few things where they kind of say, you know, there's a lot of Australian actors in films starting to more so, I think, use their original accents. You know, they're not putting on an accent. They're like, no, do yours. Well, I mean, Jai Courtney struggled with an accent. Uh, Sam Worthington, we'll add him to the school as well. I think in Clash of the Titans, from memory, Sam Worthington, somewhere American, somewhere English, and he was Australian. I was like, guys, get your, you're, you're supposed to be Greek, aren't Release you? Release like, the Greek crack dog. in. Maybe Joel Edgerton was also a bit overexposed for a few years, let's say. Yeah, th- this guy, he ain't no Hugh Jackman. I'm sorry. I mean, I hope he does well, but uh, yeah, this ain't it, buddy. Any other thoughts on why you like this? You, you just like the cheese, I suppose. I like the cheese, yeah. I love a cheesy Netflix Christmas movie, like uh, like The Christmas Prince and The Princess Switch, and I'm all about those. I don't know. They give me a grin on my face. They make me laugh, and I love the cheesiness because they're so wholesome. I think it's just because it's wholesome and that's what Christmas is about, being wholesome. What's your verdict? Come on. Well, I hope you've enjoyed my last rants for 2021. This is Give It A Miss. It's in need of an identity transplant. I think I forgot about it almost as soon as I finished it. And I just wish it really committed to the ridiculousness of its premise uh, a little bit more and maybe found a better leading man. But if you love Netflix cheesiness, watch it. Okay, cool. Well, we're getting towards the pointy end of the year and the pointy end of this episode. We've got a couple of specific thank yous that we'd like to say, well, that I'd like to say. Uh, first off, I want everyone to know that this was Rin's idea to put this together. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a very kind way. And I just wanted to acknowledge your creativity, Rin, and how much you've grown in this process. I know actually getting this out there was quite intimidating for you. I think You've done an amazing job. You've been an incredible co-host. Big thanks to uh, Mike at M Squared, uh, not only for making our groovy theme music, but also for actually mastering each episode. So, you know, we, we kind of do the recording and the homebrew editing, but uh, mastering, we, we kind of leave it up to the professionals. So please chuck them a line. You know, there's a link in the description. Uh, Rin, did you have any one to thank? Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to thank you as well for actually pushing me to do this. Um, I think we talked about it before, but I was all talk and no walk. And now we're kind of talking and walking, aren't we? Um, so, you know, I really appreciate that and your support and your friendship. And I think it's kind of brought us closer as well as friends, which is really, really special as well. Thank you, Roger. You're very welcome, Rin. Also, just a shout out to particular friends who sent feedback kind of early in the cycle. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Tierney. Thank you, Jara. Next Gen Dad. Thank you, Next Gen Dad, for the shout outs. Thank you, Motor Ace, for uh, retweeting us and, and getting our name out there. Yes, our friends at Literature as well uh, for sharing us as well. But basically, anyone who's who, who shared a link. We're going on a break and we will be back in March 2022. You will need to keep an eye on our socials for further details. 
But uh, yeah, just taking some time to refresh. And our plan is that we're not going to do this show year round. We're kind of going to do blocks and breaks in between because uh, lockdown is over. Thank goodness. And we're kind of getting back to life. And yeah, we just want to find a good balance between doing this so that it stays fun. Where can people keep an eye on our socials over the summer break? So um, on Insta and Twitter, our handle is at pod. And if anyone wants to email us, you can email us at giveitalook1 at outlook.com. And please make use of those. Summer of Cinema is going to be running all through summer. We're going to put up some posts asking what you're watching and what you think. Uh, we want to have a big old Summer of Cinema wrap party in March where we uh, read out all your reviews and, and maybe take a, a little review of, of some of the big titles that came out as well that is a a wrap for 2021 everybody rin any last words of wisdom for our listeners uh yes so yeah we'll be posting throughout the summer don't you forget about me keep an eye out guys (laughs) time to go ho 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 all right bye guys bye